Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about depression. And why am I talking about depression? Because most of us are suffering through one form of depression or another, simply based on the fact that of what is going on in our economy, what is going on in our personal lives in terms of, well, people aren't working, you're not making money. And if you're you're not making money and you're working, or you're not working, your business had to shut down because of the pandemic. Associated with that, of course, is coronavirus and the fact that it has impacted a lot of our lives. Let me move this car out of here. And the fact that my children use my office and they're grown, but when they come here, <laughs> right, you know how they are. They touch everything that mommy touches and you come back and stuff just is misplaced and missing and so on. And this is them when you say anything. Right? So a lot of us are in fact coping with depression and a lot of people are living with it or coping with it or just simply trying to get through it. And it came, it, yesterday I took a day off and uh, as I typically do on a Wednesday in the middle of the week because my work week, as you know, is extensive. It's Sunday through. And uh, I, took a, I took a day off and uh, I decided to, uh, to, to, to make sure that I, 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 uh, I took a day off to make sure that I take some time off. Everyone needs built-in time. It's just like you go to work. You go to work, and then when you come back from work, what happens? You take a day off. You get a day off or two, and you relax, rejuvenate, recharge, and so on. Well, yesterday I took a day off, and... As I was, you know, just sitting there thinking and planning my days out and so on, it occurred to me that a lot of people, I was scrolling through Facebook. Facebook is very interesting. I mean, I don't know. I I think I'm not the only person in, in the world who realizes that. And I think data miners and people who sell products know this. So they do just like I do, set up a Facebook page and you go through Facebook and you'd be amazed at what you see people post. There's so many people who are in depression. A lot of us have lost loved ones due to the pandemic and didn't get to grieve because we couldn't, didn't have closure because we couldn't go to a funeral because of the pandemic. You couldn't stand at the graveside. You couldn't gather with family and friends and reassure one another of life. And then on top of that, you get to see a president dancing on their grave and acting as if uh, COVID-19 is nothing and it's survivable. And you got to sit back and ask yourself, how is that? So coupled with those factors and the fact that a lot of us find ourselves in extenuating situations that just keep reiterating the trauma over and over again, a lot of people are not coping. One of the alarming things that have emerged out of this 
and even prior to the pandemic is that antidepressants do not help depression. There are many people who have been doing the trifecta of practicing mindfulness and taking antidepressants and also, uh, uh, in addition to that, going to therapy and still are not able to lift the fog of depression. We have even told people to think positively, like thinking positive is just a panacea that is going to change stuff. So we have come to the conclusion that there are some things that drive depression. And what are, we have to identify the factors that drive depression. It's just like in anything. If you want to solve a problem, you have to do what? You have to get to the root of the problem. You have to get to what is causing the problem. And if you can find the root cause, then chances are you can find what it is. Because most of the time what depression does is it treats the symptoms. I feel lack of energy. I feel listless. I feel as if I don't want to engage. That Those are symptoms of the problem. The problem is what causes you to feel like this. And once you can identify what causes you to feel like this, then we can do something about it. So I'm going to have some folks on later on uh, who, uh, who can call in and share their own stories and so on. And if you're listening to this and you find this helpful, I encourage you to share it with others because there are too many people, I am one of them, who is going through depression and surviving it. It's intermittent, it's off, it's on. And sometimes I can't begin to tell you, you hear someone's stories and it, you're, you're, you yourself have to fight the fog, is what I call it. Just fight the fog and just think happy thoughts. Half the times before I go to bed at night, I have learned to shut everything down and I focus on happy thoughts. I focus on my next day. What do I plan to do for the next day? It doesn't mean my problems go away. And one of the things that I have found about depression is that a lot of what we're experiencing in the here and now comes from some unresolved trauma. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been saying for years that broken children make broken adults. We need to find the issues in our childhood that caused us to be broken and fix them so that we can live a happy life. I can't begin to tell you how great life can be if we can live in the now and we can work through the stuff that happened to us. I am not saying by any stretch of the imagination that they're simply going to disappear or you're just going to ride off on a cloud, you know, like some happy person and, you know, you're just going to feel happy all the time. That's not what I am saying. What I'm saying is, is to find a way to cope with it. So I found some interesting material last night when I was doing some research that I thought I would bring to you about coping with depression and seven ways to cope without medication. I'm not a fan of medication <laughs> with depression because I think it's just chemicals that prop you up and it doesn't solve the root cause of the problem. And frankly, I'm not a therapist and psychiatrist. I, I do give them credit for at least trying and for helping a lot of us in identifying what is causing the problem. Sometimes you find yourself unable to cope with life. Nothing brings you joy. Nothing makes you want to smile. You don't want to participate in anything. And then you, somebody around you says, why don't you go talk to someone? That's where therapists come in. They, you go to see a therapist and they quickly help you. They help you to identify what might be causing it. So first of all, I want to talk about what is clinical depression. How about that? The term clinical depression means 
depression ranges in seriousness from mild temporary episodes of sadness. So temporary episodes of sadness, right? So that could be defined as you just lost your job uh, until you get the next one. Um, You lost someone, whether it was a friend, a life-giving person, one of your support systems, uh, whether it's a parent, or these are major losses, loss of a child, loss of a parent, loss of a loved one, of a spouse. Those are major losses that are in, sometimes appear to be insurmountable because the person is not replaceable. When they say people are not replaceable, it truly is, right? Uh, clinical depression is the most severe form. It's also major depression. Sometimes they call it major depressive disorder. It isn't the same as depression caused by a loss, such as the death of a loved one or a medical condition, like you find out that you're sick or something like that. But it is, it's, it, it, is, it is severe. Many doctors have a system. So I'm going to tell you what the signs of clinical depression are. Feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness. That's the, that's the one that I find that is most, it's hardest for us to wrap our minds around, the hopelessness. The fact that you feel like you can't cope and that nothing you do is going to change. Oh, my God, I'm going to pray for you because hopelessness is something else. Uh, A few years ago, I had some people in my shelter, some women in my shelter who were uh, who had been trafficked as children. Right. Human trafficking is real. They had been taken and sexually violated, sometimes even by some of them, by family members. And they fell into clinical depression. And I di- immediately I could see that this was not something caused by loss of home or loss of a job. This was something so deep and cemented. So, of course, part of our program is what? Therapy. And the therapist whom I sent them to did not identify it as major clinical depression. But the women, though, since they, ha- they have been in and out of therapy all their lives. And so they knew their signs and symptoms. One of them had 30 episodes, 30 depressive disorders that were mind-blowing, that simply could, you could not quantify. And I struggled to find them help. I used a combination of tools. I used sent them to a therapist. I used life skills. I used goal strategizing right? And I also used faith, giving them something. But the thing that got to me the most, I'm, I, I'm not going to kid you. You know what got to me the most was their hopelessness, their sense of hopelessness that nothing would change and that society would never value them and they had no value to society. My friends, if that's what you're going through, I want you to stop. Because what has happened is that your feelings have come upon you and have come over you and overtaken you and overcome you to the extent where you feel like you can't go on. And that right there is where we need to stop you. We need to bring you back. Now, I am not saying that life is suddenly tomorrow going to miraculously change. I wish. And you're suddenly going to wake up and find yourself a millionaire and you're going to forget the losses and you're going to forget all the stuff that happened. No, but what I am saying, there is hope. And here's how we're going to find the hope. We're going to be quick to identify what caused you to fall into this in the first place. This is not the ordinary kind of depression that is caused by a sudden loss. 
that's not this kind of depression. This one is deep-seated. So what we need to do is to figure out how did you get here? What are the series of events that happened in your life? Sometimes what we find is there are episodes that trigger something, that trigger a memory. Uh, for instance, I can't think of a better one than you, you have a job loss. And you finally come to say to yourself that the reason this has happened to me is because I didn't go to college or because I didn't get a master's degree or because I didn't get a doctoral degree. Right. You see. So you start going back into your life to say, well, the reason I didn't get to go to college was my parents didn't couldn't afford it or my parents couldn't afford to send me. Then I got pregnant early or I got married early or I couldn't afford to do it. And then it sets in motion a series of events that you keep going back to. Then you start realizing that, oh, my God, I have had a series of misfortunes and life misfortunes that have caused me to be where I end up. Can you imagine right now the number of people who are thinking like this? Can you imagine the number of people who have found themselves homeless because of the pandemic and they have lost jobs? And because of job loss, they have no home. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgages because the mortgage moratoriums are about to expire. And because they're about to expire, the Republicans don't seem to care. So imagine, if you will, people are going about their lives and suddenly their lives have come to a stop. And you have senators like Lindsey Graham who believe, yes, I'm calling him out, who believe that it's more important to put somebody on the Supreme Court than it is to sign a coronavirus relief bill so people can actually get relief. So how is someone like that supposed to feel? You can't say that politics doesn't interfere with your life. Politics intersected your life. It's the result of a politician why we all are subjected to the coronavirus and the pandemic. Because one politician chose to ignore it so he could go on living. Because he felt he lived in a bubble and it could never, ever come to him. Secondly, you ask yourself, what am I going to do with this? You find, even if you are married, both of you have no jobs. So you find yourself sitting there like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You feel worthless. You feel as if you're unable to provide. It is mind-blowing and breathtaking, the feelings of hopelessness that come over people. Do you know how traumatic it is? To see yourself being put on the side of the road, you're all your possessions, and suddenly you're rendered as a non-person. You're nobody. You don't have an address for you to receive mail. You don't have a place to go to at the end of the day. You don't even have a safe space to go use the bathroom. And suddenly you find yourself, I'm not a person. This society does not value me. And you begin to think it's over. For those of you who, are, who haven't gotten there yet, these are the thoughts that are running through your mind. And at this point, it is so very hard for you to get up and live. You know how some of us, let me take this earpiece out because i got to go deep into this. In order to really, really, really bring you what you need, I really need to go deep into this. Because the fact of the matter is that this is, this is something that is causing people to suddenly find themselves at the whim of, of situations. This is not easy for none of us. This is not an easy situation for any of us to go through. And yet we find ourselves at the mercy of 
our situation, we find ourselves at the mercy of asking for help. And who can you turn to for help? It is so difficult for you to even go down to the city and go sign up to get some kind of homeless shelter in order to keep you and your children together. And most people have a phobia against that. But if you have children, can I just help you? It's go if you are a senior and if you have children, it's going to be way easier for you to get into a homeless shelter and much quicker. The process is quicker these days. I know the politicians have talked a lot and I know this president had actually tried to take money out of the homeless program. Ben Carson, who is a black man who grew up in Detroit, had actually thought of taking money out of it. And I know it is as shocking as, as can be, but he didn't succeed because the outcry was too great. There are so many people who are struggling and who have no home as a result of the pandemic. They have nowhere to go. They have no, no place, no one to call on. And it's these kinds of feelings that cause these major episodes that spiral out of control. And then, of course, we have the situations of unresolved trauma. For instance, you might, like I said earlier, you might be blaming yourself for, why did this happen to me? This happened to me because I married the wrong person. This happened to me because I didn't get married. This happened to me because I'm gay. This happened to me because I'm lesbian. This happened to me because I'm bisexual. This happened to me because I'm transsexual. This happened to me because I smoke, because I drink, because I do drugs. This happened to me. Stop the blaming. Especially with situations of trauma erupting from our childhood, stop blaming yourself. You were a child and the adults around you did not take the time they endangered you and placed you in grave danger. It's a miracle that you're still here today. In other programs, I've talked about ACE, adverse childhood experiences, that have taught us that if we've been subjected to a certain series of events in our childhood, most likely we emerged damaged. And if we do not treat those damaging thought patterns and how they come back to you, then we end up in adulthood making mistakes. And these are the realities for most of us today. We're, we live in a day and time when this government, this administration, completely ignores mental health. There is no emphasis or no, no, no attention being given to the fact that as a result of their actions, they have caused people to live in turmoil. They have done nothing about it. Now, I'm not saying that when Joe Biden wins on November 3rd, we're going to wake up on November 4th singing Kumbaya and Hallelujah. That's not it. But it's going to be the start of something better. Do you see what I'm saying? Because if this current situation allows to perpetuate, it's only going to wreak havoc and more havoc on people's lives. So if we can get to the stage where we slow it down and stop it, it's done enough damage. Over 213,000 people have already died. 60 million people are without jobs. That means there are at least 30 to 40 million of those people who have no homes to go to, no place to call their own. Then we have done something so horrible that we've got to fix it. I suspect that in the coming future, we have a lot of healing to go through. We have a lot of healing to heal our families, heal our parents, heal our emotions and to bring some healing. So I wanna start the process today by giving you seven ways to cope with depression and seven ways to overcome this so that you can feel better. I am gonna hope and pray for all our sakes that the situation will improve after November 3, 
that we will get rid of this trauma that we're staring at where the president is dancing and 213,000 people are dead. It's almost like the Hunger Games. You're sitting back and watching the people in the palaces eat and dance and the people out in the fields are hungry and can't find food and live in hovels and shacks. That's what's happening. We've created, deliberately created a society in a country where people are living in tent cities under bridges. In America, yes, we've created a society where people have nowhere to live and can't find the dignity of getting work. And people who used to provide for themselves, they have their own homes, they have their own businesses, suddenly find that they're no better off than they think they were than the people who used to come into their places and they used to feed them. It's shameful and it is hurtful and it is damaging to our psyche. Yes, it is. It's very damaging. So I want to give you seven ways to cope without medication. And uh, it, it's, it's brought to you by a place called Intermountain in Nevada, Intermountain Healthcare. And uh, here are some signs and symptoms of depression. You want to know how we got here? Here are some signs and symptoms. Depressed or irritable mood, sleep problems. You either sleep too much or too little. And sleeping during the day. I have an aversion to sleeping during the day. And I think that's where I got it from. I watch well. Right? I have an aversion to sleeping during the day. <laughs> like, I can't. Even if I take a power nap, I do what is called a power nap, like five minutes, and that's it. Top 10 minutes is too long. 15 minutes, I'm having a daymare. I have an aversion to sleeping during the day, and I think this might be why, because it suggests that I have no hope and nothing to live through. If you've ever had a friend or a family member sleeping for long periods during the day, watch that. If you've ever had someone who lost a job and who goes to bed early at night, and then they're sleeping through the morning, wake them up. I tell folks all the time, if you have lost a job, keep your routine. Get up in the mornings and get dressed as if you're going somewhere. Have a purpose. From the night before, plan what you're going to do the next day. Even if all you're going to do is read or surf the internet looking for a job, or if you're going to surf the internet looking for other opportunities, or surfing the internet looking for programs to motivate you like mine, but have a plan, write it out. Get a piece of paper and write out what you're going to do the next day. Then wake up on purpose in the morning. Wake up on purpose and find a way to execute it nonetheless. Don't just sit there and let it roll all over you. Years ago, uh, I was a single mother raising children by myself. The job that I had, it was such a scary time. The job I had left. They fired me for no reason whatsoever. I had, to, I had no money saved for the next month's rent. I had just paid the, the last month's rent. I barely had five or $600 left. Out of that, I would have to buy food and figure out how am I going to raise the money to pay the next month's rent. And when they fired me on a Thursday, I remember, I told myself I had 24 hours to mourn. That's what I told myself. I said, you have 24 hours to mourn, and after that, you have to get up and live. And I went home. I lived in a 16th floor apartment. And I kid you not, I sat and looked through the window and I watched all those cars going up and down the freeway. And I watched all those people going and I imagined how they were living their lives and they were going home and happy and stuff like that. And I said, but that's my life too. And I mourned for 24 hours. I cried. I'm not making fun of your plight. I've lived it. 
And then the next day I told myself that if I don't pull myself out of this, I would, I would collapse. I was very blessed. There have been moments when I couldn't even pull myself. You know, many of us are accomplished people. And sometimes the immediate circumstances around us diminish us. It makes us look as if we have never done anything in our lives, that our lives have no value and no worth. And what it does is it cuts you off from living because it starts making you seem like you have done nothing. No matter what you've done, it doesn't amount to anything if you can't pay the next month's rent, if you can't pay the next month's mortgage, if you can't make the next car payment, if you can't buy food. And you tell yourself you are nothing. You tell yourself your life is worth nothing. And compacted by if the people around you contribute to making you feel like that, then it's even worsened. Some of us are the, the, what we call the head of household. We determine how the household is run. So when the head of household doesn't have a job and has no way of providing, what happens to the rest of the people in the household? They're angry, they're bitter, and they take it out on one another. So they make you feel guilty that you are not providing and that you're not living up to your best. And you heap up all this on yourself. Then you start going into yourself and saying, it's my fault. I should have never done this this way. I should have stayed. I should have never taught back. I should have never said anything on the job. I should have saved more. And you're ignoring the fact that you have done so much. I am an author and a speaker. I have set out of nothing. I have made something. I have set up a shelter. I have been broadcasting and podcasting for more than 10 years. I still haven't seen the fruit of my labor to me because I don't have the money to show for it. But if you were to look at my body of content, you would be surprised that I would feel as if I've done nothing. I tell myself every day that I'm just getting started. I'm not one to sit on my laurels and say, well, I've done so much. I still am striving, constantly striving. Do you see what I'm saying? And yet people like me still end up in depression. That's why I tell you, go check on your strong friends. The ones who everybody calls, the ones who everybody talks to, the ones who are always reaching out and so on. Check on them. See how they're doing. Because chances are they need someone to hold them up. It takes a lot of strength to survive life. It takes a lot of strength for all of us to get up and do life even after being knocked down. Most of us have encountered many obstacles. It's almost as if one thing happened and it set in place a violent series of events that continue to propel you to an end called suicide, that propel you to an end called death. I was reading someone's post on Facebook and she's a cancer survivor. And having gone through, she was diagnosed in 2016, and having gone through it, she thought that she had recovered. That's what the doctors told her. So she did some scans. And then when she got the results back, and she said, death is looking good right now. That's hopelessness. That's where you have just about given up. You can't blame her for thinking like terrible, terrible situation. Just like what you're going through is horrible and terrible. But if you are still breathing, I want you to look this way. And I want to hear these words coming from a survivor. I, too, have been beset with depression. I, too, have had to go through some of the most horrible things, just like the things I've described that have happened to you. They happened to me. I am here because I survived. 
I survived because I believed in myself. I told myself that I had to reimagine myself. Years and years ago, I never got to go to college. My mother was a careless parent. She never invested in me. She never made sure. She placed me in grave danger. I don't know if she were aware of it or not or if it were intentional, but the fact of the matter is it was dangerous. Because I never went to college and it set me, set in motion a series of events that took me years and years to overcome. I was fighting. I knew it at the back of my mind. And I was fighting against what I thought was going to be disaster. So I did everything I could to stop it. And then one day, I had to just stop fighting. Why? Because I ran out of energy to fight it. And I had to say to myself, I need some new tools. So I took up faith. And started fighting it with faith. Faith gives me positivity. And the one thing I learned about faith is hope. Of all the things that you have gone through, of all the things that you have lost right now, don't lose your hope. You know what hope is? Hope is tangible. Hope is strength. Hope gives you the courage to get up tomorrow and to start all over again. Hear me very clearly because I have been where you have been. Hope was what kept me going when they denied my grants. Hope was what kept me going when even in the midst of faith, and I joined a church, and I was in the church, when they took up wicked plots against me, even when I wrote a program to, to get funds to keep my shelter going, they took my program and gave it to someone else and got the money. Hope still had to keep me going. Hope kept me going when everybody walked out of my life and left me. My mother died and all of my mother's family members took off. Everybody was so angry that she died. They took it out on me like I wasn't supposed to survive. I don't understand. I didn't cause her death. She got sick from cancer and she couldn't be healed. Her book of days were done. Everyone left me. Hope was what kept me going. Hope kept me going time and time again when systemic racism and sexism and misogyny and xenophobia crept into even programs that were written to help people that could have continued to give me hope. Hope was what kept me going. Hope on days that were so dark. Hope when I didn't even want to step outside my door. Hope when I got up some days and didn't even want to put makeup on. Hope when I started Down to Earth podcast. I literally felt like I was moving a rock out of the way that I had to get up. I had to tell myself in the mornings, get up. I would tell myself, get up. I would go and exercise and start focusing baby steps one step ahead. Recovering from depression is much like learning to walk again. It's like learning to talk again. You literally are starting over and taking it one step at a time. So I'm going to tell you about seven things to do and seven things that can help you because I know what I'm saying is real. I know that there are many people right now who are going through this. And I cannot begin to imagine how you feel because it is unimaginable. It's breathtaking the losses that we have had to endure and deal with. It's breathtaking to see them take every position you have and you have to get in your car with your family and drive away. And you don't know where you're going to sleep next week. You don't know where you're going to, what you're going to eat tomorrow. And you have nothing. But I want you to know hope. Don't give up. Even if you have to sleep under a bridge, even if you find yourself in a shelter, do not give up hope. Cling to your hope because that's what's going to keep your mind steady. 
I am surprised sometimes at the, the lack of care from politicians. They're running for power because power is the ultimate goal. They're not running for power because their goal is to get the power to help others. No, they're running for power so they can continue to make more and more money. When we look at those kinds of situations, it's enough for us to say, I don't even want to be part of the political process, but you are the process. And if you don't get up and go out and vote, then it's not going to change the process. We've got to do that. We've got to do that because that's part of hoping. That's taking active agency and saying, I have some control over my life. Because all these situations, when you look at it, the bank took your car, then the bank wrote you a letter, hand the keys over. If you don't hand the keys over, they send somebody to put locks on the door so you can't enter your own house. Right? And so you say, but these people have control over my life. Start planning. Well, you know, one of the first things you do when you see that, you say to yourself, I got to buy me a house that I own outright, that no bank can ever come and get. So right away, you discharge the idea that you can buy a million-dollar house when you have a dollar. So you start looking for a house you can buy for a dollar. Then they took your car. So you park your car in your driveway, and somebody come and put a key in it and drove it off. Say to yourself, I got to buy me a car that only I own that no bank can come and get. You say, well, I had a business, and the bank said I couldn't operate it anymore. Well, you also tell yourself, that I have a business too. And I am going to have a business that I don't owe the bank on anymore. These are the issues that we have to tell ourselves. These are the issues that we have to remind ourselves how important it is that we all can get in. Here are seven ways to cope. We've talked about the symptoms of depression, so sleep problems, changes in interest. You're not interested in anything. Excessive guilt or unrealistically low self-image. Did I tell you that I'm a writer and a speaker and that I have done so much? There are so many digital recordings of me speaking, and yet here I am when beset with depression, telling myself that I've done nothing. And the body of work defies that very statement. That's unrealistically self, low self-image. I had to ask myself, who are you talking to? I had to force myself to stand before the mirror and say, look in the mirror and talk to yourself and ask yourself who you are. Remind yourself of who you have been. Remind yourself of what you have done and start again. It, it's nothing to start again. So having identified those things, you have significantly low energy. We're going to talk about what you can do to do that. Changes in appetite. You suffer from anxiety. Anybody knows what that is and panic attacks? Anybody knows that you have this perspective on everything that is so narrow and so negative that people don't even want to come near you because all you see are negative outcomes? Wow. What happened to your joy that you used to laugh about? Suicidal thoughts, plans, or behaviors, including self-harm. You know, some people intentionally cut themselves or burn themselves. Those are people trying to get our attention. Suicidal thoughts that, man, life would be better if I'm not here. Let me just check myself out of here. Let me just go because this doesn't make any sense. This is never going to get better. My friends, stop. Here are seven ways that you can, you can cope. You see, 
you have to, if you're taking medication, I'm not saying you need to stop, by the way. Let me just put that in there. But there are some coping skills because what happens is the situation doesn't change. In my case, I have uh, significant childhood trauma. As an adult now, I recognize that my parents were endangered me. My parents themselves were dangerous to me because they placed me in, in, in the path of direct harm, in the direct path of harm, right? So I can't ever change that because I'm obviously never going to be a child again. I can't go back to that. My parents are now gone and they're deceased. But what can I do to cope with those thoughts? How do I deal with those thoughts when they come? That, my dear, is a success. So here's one thing that I suggest you do. Find ways to be helpful to others. That's what I did. I, spent, I created a whole lifetime around being helpful to others. I found that it gave me purpose and that when I'm actively engaged in helping someone else, it takes my focus off of me and it makes me feel good. And here's the thing. You want to feel good. Do you know why people drink and smoke and do drugs? Why? They're trying to cope with some kind of situation and drinking, smoking and taking drugs does what? Makes them feel good. Even if all it does initially is just make them feel good, they would do anything for that five seconds of feel good to just forget about everything else that is dark and bad. Well, instead of taking drugs or drinking or doing or smoking, what I did was I found a way to help others, right? Find ways to help others. It doesn't mean that you have to be too big because, you know, you think, oh, well, here you went and started a foundation. You went and started a shelter. You went and became an advocate. It doesn't have to be like that. It could just be offering to go pick up someone or offering to drive someone. You could even say, uh, call your neighbor. Call somebody who needs your help and say, how are you coping? How are you doing? Just talk to someone, right? The second thing you need to do, you need to find workable goals. Like you may say, well, I want to write a book. Set up a plan. How are you going to do that? Well, if I'm going to write a book, it has to be broken down into chapters. So how many chapters per day can I write? Set measurable goals. I want to go back to school. Well, how do I do that? Start finding ways. Start dealing with that. I want to get married. Okay, well, I probably need to go color my hair, cut my hair, give myself a haircut. I probably need to go work out to make myself attractive or more attractive. Do you see what I'm saying? So you start giving yourself goals. You're not saying I'm not attractive in the way, but you're telling yourself, I want to be what? The best version of myself as much as possible, right? The second thing you must do, you do something that you can control, right? Are you hearing me? You do something that you can control. You must, and it must be manageable and it must be realistic for you. Schedule pleasant events or activities. Like for me, watching Netflix is a big deal. And especially now that we have a pandemic on, we probably can't congregate with friends and family like we used to. That is part of the reason why the isolation and alienation is causing a lot of depression. So here again, you schedule activities. So for me, watching Netflix is a big deal. Oh my God, I go crazy on my foreign films and I'm fighting in there with them. I'm in the show fighting. Like I'm like, why did you do that? Because this gets me, you know, it gives me a focus on something else to do, right? So schedule pleasurable activities. The other thing is stay in the present. It's good to have a five-year plan because that's what you fall back on. But you know something else, have a plan for right now. 
think about today. The Bible says sufficient unto the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. That is key. Do not worry about tomorrow. You find yourself in a place where you're facing homelessness. You can't focus about tomorrow. Worry about staying in today, putting one foot in front of the other, waking up today, opening your eye today, moving your hands today. And scheduling and staying in the day helps you to cope with what's next, right? All right. Uh, do exercise. <laughs> Anybody out there? Exercise. So I do yoga because I found, you know, I'm not one to do aerobics. And then we were like, well, when we were doing aerobics, we were all happy. Yeah. And then we went and drunk and, and had sex and do all kinds of crazy things that were life threatening. Do something concentrated like aerobics. Practice your breathing. Focus on your breathing. That's staying in the now. One of the things I discovered was that if I focus on how I'm breathing, when something terrible is happening and it's going crazy, I start listening to myself breathe. And I'm like, you're breathing too fast. Slow down. So I start slowing down. You know what happens? I take a different view of the situation. It's now manageable instead of unmanageable. So they give you an eviction to cope. Your first thing is, do you know of any resources in the community? You pick up your phone and you go look for shelters in your area. How do I get to a shelter? You see where I'm coming from? You, are job, you have lost your jobs. Well, there are no jobs. Well, how do I get on a state resource that can help me in the meantime until I get, my, get back on my feet? Your husband walked out and left you or your boyfriend left you and he told you you have to leave. Okay, well, I need to go find somewhere to live. Can I call a friend or family to come pick me up and I hang with them for a few days and then I go hang with someone else? Whatever it is that you have to cope with, start right here, right now. Focus on the now, right? The second thing is relationships. One of the things that this pandemic has, ta has taught us is how we like to be connected. And the interconnectedness of our existence is what has kept many of us going. But unfortunately for us, the pandemic prevents us from getting together with friends and family and getting together with people who live here. Well, there is a neat thing called FaceTime on your cell phone. Use it and call people and stay in touch. And guess what? I have been saying for years, surround yourself with people who celebrate you and not those who tolerate you. Isn't that the truth, though? Surround yourself with people who lift you up, people who talk to you, people who encourage you, not people who call you and say, well, if you had never married that girl, or well, I told you not to go work there, or well, it's because you didn't go to school, or well, it's because you're nobody. I kid you not, at the beginning of the year, I had a family member call me and tell me that he was watching the... Uh, the uh, presidential candidate, the Democratic presidential candidate. And he found that uh, I identified with one of them. And he said, the reason she didn't go any further, I kid you not, this is exactly what he said. The reason she didn't go any further is because like you, she didn't finish college. So I said, what's the name of that person? And he said, uh, he gave me the name. I think her name is Marianne Williamson. I said, that woman is an author. <laughs> and I said, you missed the point. And he said, how? I said, because she's on a stage debating with people who are running for president and you're saying that the reason she didn't go any further is because she doesn't have a college degree. She's on stage with people who had to go to college to be on that stage. I said, you totally missed the point. But what he said rocked me because it's an unresolved issue for me. It's unresolved because what he did doesn't internalize our access is that 
our parents, his father and my father, because he's a sibling by my father, did not take into account that they had, my parents had left me and placed me in danger. And all of my life, I had no, never come to the place where I could get myself back into that because of situation and life. So he spoke out of context. Now, he's someone whose number is blocked, probably permanently, but his number is blocked. Why? Because he's not a resource. He's not someone whom I can count on to lift me up. When he said that, it made me stop focusing on what I have done. Now, the guy can't light a candle to me, let's be clear. But maybe he's financially successful because he has worked for one place. And he even reminded me that he just got his master's degree in information technology. And as a result of getting it. But, and I said, but are you working in it? No. You're still a linesman at Comcast. So bully to me. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I mean, you, ha- you, ha- you had to come to the stage where you call a stone a stone. Right? And I said, for you to work in information technology, you never worked in the field before. So you went and got a degree in it. But how are you going to get into that degree? Because the people who are flowing in it are people who have always been in it. And you don't have the skills for the C-suite. Because that's where those people, that's the, they operate. That's their environment. And he did say, that's some good advice. I said, well, that's why they pay me the big bucks to speak to. I, I, I kid you not. You have to surround yourself with people who lift you up, not people who negate you. You know, you have some people from your childhood and from your past when you perhaps were not so great, right? And they like to remind you of who you were and where you're coming from. And they like to tear you down, eliminate those people. Surround yourself only with the people who support you, the people who lift you up, the people who give you credence. Don't surround yourself with people who tolerate you. Get rid of them. So find people who are always lifting you up, people who will say, let's focus on this. Let's do this. Instead of people who are constantly dragging you down, right? It's very important, right? You can always find a long time, but you don't need people. And then the most important thing I have found is sleep. You got to watch your sleep patterns. I'm one of those persons who most of my life never really slept for long periods. And I didn't realize it had a lot to do with the trauma that I experienced in childhood. Once I became aware of it, man, I started taking a sleep aid like melatonin. I kid you not, the, 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 the non-chemical sleep aid, well, as non-chemical as you can get, I suppose, right? And then I start doing certain things. Like if I do yoga before I go to bed, it, not intense exercise, because that will just pump you up with endorphins. But I do yoga. I practice my breathing. I start preparing for bed. I have a routine. I start preparing for bed at a certain time, and I follow that routine. I keep my bedroom, the lights dimmed, right? Even if I'm going to watch something on TV, man, I just turn to lifetime. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) I kid you not. So I have a routine. I fall asleep. Even if I wake up, I find myself waking up in the night. I blink my eyes rapidly. It makes your eyelids, you know, struggle and we get weaker. And then you just tell yourself, I got to go to sleep till my brain shut down. I'm not thinking about anything. If you wake up in the middle of the night and find yourself thinking, just tell your brain, look, we need to sleep. Because sleeping is restorative. Sleeping gives you strength and sleeping gives you rest. So when you wake up the next morning, you have a clearer idea of what you need to do. Do you see what I'm saying? And it makes you, it, it helps your cells to cope. Because a lot of us who have been through trauma, 
we end up having physical manifestations of these. The illnesses that happen to some of us come from the trauma that we had experienced. And what happens? We end up realizing and living through the trauma all over again because of illness. So get some sleep. And of course, nutrition is the final one. You can eat right. I don't care where you live or where you come from, guys and gals. Stop eating fatty foods. Stop eating sugary drinks. Stop eating sodas. Those things send your blood sugar spiking and causes your hormones to go where the blood sugar goes. It's okay to have a treat every now and then. Tomorrow I'm going to make a big pot of chicken soup, right? Especially this time of year, it's comfort food for me, right? So make yourself some comfort food, but not excessively. And eat right. Eat in moderation. Watch what you eat. Tell yourself, I am the only person who can get myself out of this. So I can't let me down. I have got to do this for myself. Stay away from negative relationships. You may have been embroiled in a romantic or intimate relationship. That was your undoing. You found out that the person didn't care for you as much as you needed them to be. Sometimes it's not just that they're wrong. It's that they're just not good for you because what you need, they're unable to meet your need. This is why when you meet someone who is your shittick, is your thing, and they meet your needs, it's a beautiful thing. But you have to understand yourself. Where am I coming from with this? I had a series of traumas that, that dictated how I responded to situations. I have to stop that. So now I'm going to take control of that. And one of the ways to do it, the mind is powerful. Tell yourself, I'm going to get through this. It's not just, oh, I'm just going to think that every day the sun is going to shine. Um, no. We live, I live in Michigan. You know, we've gone during winter, we've gone 21 days without seeing sun. You imagine what that is like? Man, that's when I turn on all the lights in the house. Oh, yes, I turn them on. I keep the TV on. <laughs> I kid you not and then I go look up sunshiny things on the, on the internet so I can keep it focused I kid you not sometimes we go days without seeing the sun so you can't rely on the sun to go look up in the sun and it's all going to be okay you can get the artificial sun just turn the light on and stare at the light and then you say light comes to me and of course it matters what you say to yourself I know it's hard Finally, I know it's hard. It's, it's, it's tough. The stuff that you've had to survive, the stuff that you've had to go through, just think you're a miracle. You're a living, walking, breathing miracle. Just to be here to hear this means that you have overcome. So join with me. Help you. Help me help you by taking these steps. Eat eat exercise, sleep well, do away with negative people, only surround yourself with people who are positive. Absolutely, right? Have a plan and be engaged in activities. Even if you have to insert yourself, just call up some folks whom you haven't seen, reach out to them on Facebook and get engaged in their lives. Engage and find yourself and have a plan. Every day write out what you're going to do. These are life-changing situations. Because it channels your mind to start finding solutions. See, once you start thinking, you start planning. And you don't even realize, but you're actually engaging in a positive outlook. 
there's a guy whose music I like, Paul Bali. He has a song that says positive vibrations. It's some driving music. I mean, it has a heavy beat. Maybe it's not your thing. Maybe you like rock music. Maybe you like gospel music. Maybe you like Christian rock music. Maybe you like classical music. Surround yourself with situations that uplift you. And even if you have to live with relatives at this point, the space that you occupy, say positive things in there. So that on days when you are down, 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 solo, those positive things will come back. Do you know that sometimes I do that? Like I tell you, I'm an author and a speaker. And I myself find myself challenged. Some of the things that have helped me, I would go and Google myself just to remind myself that that's who I am. The other thing that I do is I surround myself with lots of pretty things. I don't know if that works for anyone else, but it works for me. I surround myself with pretty things. Anytime you find me standing in the middle of my closet and looking at everything that's in there, all the purses and the, the clothes, and if you find me going through my jewelry, that means I'm challenged. So I surround myself with pretty things that I like to look at, and then I imagine what I will look like wearing it and appearing. This is why it's so important to reimagine yourself. Reimagine who you are. No matter what the negativity says about you, they told you you would never be good enough. Somebody walked out of your life whom you valued and whose opinion was so fundamental and important that you told yourself that whatever they said about you is true. And they told you you would never be good enough, that you will never find anybody who loves you. They tell you that even your own parents told you you will never overcome, you would never do this. And they did everything to make sure they sabotaged your success. You can change it. How you change it? You reimagine yourself. You tell yourself, I will overcome. I will get through this one day. My name is Harriet Kammer. Thanks so much. If you need more information about me, go to my website, HarrietKammer.com. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I wish you well. I pray good things into your life, success and joy and peace and prosperity. Even on your darkest days, the sun will shine again. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.